When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series, joining you Monday to Friday, 9.30 a.m. UK time. I'm joined by Bailey. You right, mate? Good as can be on a Monday morning, I suppose, especially after yesterday's result. But yeah, yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> yeah, not the best, to be honest. It's just, it's, obviously it's annoying not getting the win, but knowing there's now what, 17 days, 18 days between now and the next game is a horrible feeling. Um, and knowing that we've got obviously seven days left of the transfer window to try and save our season, uh, to be honest. We'll come on to transfers in a second. Good morning to everybody in the chat box. Hope you're doing well, guys. Seeing so many of you. Graham, Harvey, Jason, Kevin, Stevie, 24-7 positive well-being. I love that. I mean, as a name, that's what we need. We need some positive well-being in the chat box today. Daniel, good morning to you, to Jose as well. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, do like the video. Do subscribe if you're new and help us get to seven. No, we're at seven, eight thousand subscribers uh, before the end of the window. Uh, we'll kick off uh, hopefully a lot better than Arsenal did yesterday again with the game uh, against Burnley. Bailey, I haven't spoken to you about it yet, so give me your your raw thoughts about the fixture. Yeah, I was at the game. It was just it was just. Flat, oh, you were there? Yeah, I was yeah. there. I was there. Yeah, oh, it was man. it was a flat game. It was a flat like flat atmosphere, flat game. Just it was really down. It's like almost a mid. It was like we played on midday. You know when you play on midday, it takes t- the boys time to get into motion. Mm. But it was a two o'clock kickoff. You'd expect after the poor result midweek and the week before that in the FA Cup, you expect us to really kick on from here. But we just didn't. I think we we're slowing our build up play. I think our build up play was a big issue. In that game, was yeah. so slow. We couldn't burn you, of course. They're going to sit deep, play a low block. So to beat that, you're going to have to really move fast. And there were times we did connect well. We did have good attacking phases of play. But once again, of course, no striker means no goal. And I think that was evident yesterday. I think we struggled to create chances. Always we get the ball. We switch the, we switch the ball to the other end of the, end of the pitch. It gets to Martinelli. He cuts in. He goes back and we look lost. Or it comes from Saka. We cut in and we look lost. We haven't got someone to really just end that end that attack and that's the issue for us at the moment because we are getting in positions it's not we're not creating enough opportunities or chances to no it's funny you say that i mean we we seem like created things like we created chances but they were the wrong type of chances like we were just lobbing balls into the box to five foot ted lacquers it up against ben me and tarkovsky and you're thinking I've seen this before. We did this at home last season when we lost 2-1. Like I remember we we did the exact same thing. And I remember speaking after that game last season going, why are we lobbing balls into the box against Ben Mee and Tarkovsky? It makes no sense. And a year later, we've done the exact same thing. Uh, and I just, you know, I get really frustrated at the point of seeing these kind of chances wasted. Um, but I think the main thing, obviously, in yesterday's game was that it stuck out how much we need a new striker and how much we need another central midfielder. Oh, absolutely. I think it was clear. I think at the start of the season, I was really impressed by Sambi. And I'm not, I don't want to criticise him too much because he's still only 21. Mm. He's still very young. But the signs, I don't know what he offers at the moment. I don't, I don't know what his strongest point is. I've struggled to 
I struggled to fight. I feel like he's actually sticking, but I don't know if it's ha- he's. Of course, I know players get affected mm. from COVID when they come back. They take time to really get back into their flow. We saw Gabriel last season. Once he once he did come down with it, he really struggled to get back going mm. again in the season. And maybe the same is happening to Sambi. But Sambi's a player. I think he always needs a player alongside him. From what, what I've seen, I don't think he's the anchor man type of player. Where because at Turf Moor, I remember Thomas Party played in exactly the same position, and he was yeah. amazing that day. I think he was the big reason why we did actually win the game. This time it was a bit sticky. It was more tough. I think we struggled to play out from the back. We really struggled to transition from defence to midfield, and that's why we couldn't really always uh, really put the pressure on Bernie. And that was that was the struggle. And as for as for the striker position, as you said, lobbing balls into the box for five foot ten Lacazette. There's nothing we can really do about that. And we can of course talk about the chance. I think the chance you expect him to take it away. It was difficult. I think people were over. They were criticizing him a bit too much because he, of course, Ben Mee did uh, challenge challenge the shot, but again, he should have put it away definitely. But except from that, like I said, didn't really have any chances. I know he fashioned one for himself in the first half of that little mazy run. That was good, mm. but once again, it was evident. Didn't hit the target. Didn't hit the target when he should have. Yeah, yeah, he should have. I can't lie. Reminds but, me of you at five side. Ah, mate, top scorer. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> one Guys, Pedro's will be out on that soon. Hope you're not off. Yeah, we'll see who's the who's lying, who's not. But yeah, I think it was evident <laughs> against Tottenham, Liverpool and Burnley now that we need physical and aerial presence up top. Yeah, we absolutely do. Um, and I suppose that leads into this, the discussion about transfers. Uh, people in the chat box asking, what's the latest on Dusan Vlaovic? The, the situation, as far as we're aware, is very much the same. Is that, you know, there, there wouldn't be an issue with Arsenal agreeing a deal with Fiorentina. That wouldn't be a problem at all. But the player and the, the representatives are continuing to be the, the big obstacle. And and that means that it's, as I've maintained, unlikely that this deal would happen. And I've never been optimistic about it. Uh, Bailey, at what point do we say that we need to stop this kind of chase of this player and, and try and sign someone else? Because there are other options out there. I mean, you, we, there's mentions this morning about Alexander Izak, who has a buyout clause, which obviously... We think back to 2020 with Thomas Partey. We went for Hussein. Oh, uh. Uh, <laughs> I can't stand him. I can't stand that guy. Uh, but we went for Hussein Awa, uh, didn't get him. Uh, and instead, obviously, because we didn't get him, we activated the release clause um, of, of Partey and got him. We could do the same thing with, with Isaac. Do you think that's something that the club should and will look to do? Yeah, for me, I think it's... I think it's now. I think it's now we do that. I think the last week I really have lost patience with the Dusan Flyvich. There was a there was a minute, I think it was this time last year, around this time last week, I was really excited because of the celebration. He was apologizing. Now as I said, okay, now we are going to hear some developments. Now we are going to see that Arsenal have made real breaking grounds into that deal, but that hasn't happened. And it's the same reports from Italy, the same report saying that player agent, there's no official bid, and suddenly there is an official bid. I think we just it just looks too difficult of a deal. And we're at a time now where the striker position needs immediate fixing. It's, it, it's, it's needed. If you want to get Champions League next season, I don't think we'll be able to achieve that with Lacazette and Enketio as our strikers. I mean, no. yesterday, the only sub we brought on was Enketio. And you see with the, before that how United changed their game against West Ham because of the substitutions they brought on. Tottenham, of course, against Leicester. Well, not against Chelsea, but against Leicester. They brought on Berkwine and look how that changed the game. We just haven't got any game changers from the bench. I know mm. Pepe is away at African Cup of Nations, but still, that is not enough. And we do need an extra striker or just an extra attacker just to give an extra goal for it because we'll sink we'll sink in a top four race because United and Tottenham simply have the players the attacking players to change the game and come on I think when you're fighting for top four you need more of a 
you need someone with you need a reliable source of goals. I think when you're going for the league, you need defense and the goals. But if you're going top four, long as long as you have a reliable source of goals that can creep you, you can get into the top four that way. And Tottenham and United have that. And we simply don't. And that will definitely hurt us going, going into the final stretch of the season, I'd say. Yeah, it absolutely will. Um, I, I look back at kind of all the games that we've got left. And we've got, obviously, we, we play Wolves next, which is a really important game because if Wolves win that game, they go above us in the table. If we win that game, we open up a five-point gap between them. You know, we're, we're pushing forward. We're beating a, a good team away from home. And that would really give us kind of the incentive to push forward. We'll have El Nenny back, which I know seems ridiculous to even suggest, but El Nenny is actually someone that we've missed this month. So Absolutely. Much. Just someone that we needed to be consistent. I'll give you a six or seven out of yeah. ten every game as he yeah. does. Yes, he passes sideways, but, you know, he would have allowed us to play that 4-2-3-1 that we thrive on. Um, Nicolas Pepe will be back too. I think there's something to be said about the fact that Bakaya Saka looks absolutely shattered and he's been the only real option for us on the right-hand side. And you look at the bench we had yesterday. I still thought we should have brought on players like Bireth or Tavares, but we lacked quality on the bench, like starting senior quality. So when we play that Wolves game, Partey will be back, Xhaka will be back, Pepe will be back, Elneny will be back. Uh, maybe Tomiyasu, who is obviously a doubt, and that kind of brings us nicely onto that next topic of Tomiyasu, confirmed to be out for a few weeks. I, I'm, I'll be real fuming about this. Like, why on earth did we play Tomiyasu against Liverpool if he was going to be a doubt? You played Rob Holding and Ben White against Burnley. You could have done the same thing against Liverpool and not risked Tomiyasu. It does. It's the Partey against Spurs situation all yeah. over again. TC, you know what you could have done? You could have put Maitland Niles at right back if we didn't know. Oh, yeah. We could absolutely have done that. Yeah. Could have played that card right there, but of course, that is not an option because we. And do you know where he's played for for Roma for the the last three games? I wonder where. I wonder where. Yeah. It's just, it's ridiculous, but yeah, yeah, the right back situation right now is, is scary. And I was going to say this, this, I'm at a point here with Arsenal at the moment where I'd rather play a team like Manchester City and Liverpool where the, mm. the pressure is not on us to score so many goals. I think we actually do better against those type of teams at the moment where we don't have so much attacking presence. I'd rather play those than a, than a smaller team like Burnley because we just clearly, clearly can't break them down. But as for the right-back situation, yeah, it is worrying. And Tommy Asu, I don't know why we played it against Liverpool. He clearly wasn't ready anyway. I don't know what benefit we got from playing him in that position regardless. And now we really find ourselves in a sticky situation really with Ben White right back because of course he doesn't offer anything going forward and Chambers I would, I would maybe even gamble up at Chambers right I don't know what's going on with Chambers in our test. I, I don't think know he was fully fit he wasn't fully fit yeah exactly exactly <laughs> Chambers sometimes he pops up with a goal as well he's not he's not shy for goals so he can he can also offer an extra extra goal for that we desperately need so yeah it is worrying times for us at the right back situation, I say. It, it's amazing how things have <clears throat> kind of changed since the Man City game, where after that game, I really didn't fear any opponent. I was riding high on kind of the form that we were on, and I was really kind of buoyed by the, the performance on that day. But, you know, it's interesting how we've only had one other league game since then, uh, and the mood has changed drastically. I mean, we're quite fortunate that January only had two league games for us because... If we'd have had any more, it could have been a really d- desperate period. And I look at Liverpool and I go, I'm trying to think of a game they've lost during January and I'm not sure they have. And they've been without Mane and Salah and Cater. They've weathered that storm. They've come through that period. Yes, they've got a very, very good side. But they didn't, you know, let the likes of Origi leave. I don't think, I know he's been injured, but they didn't let him go. They didn't let Minamino leave on loan. They kept in. They've used other youngsters like Gordon's come in. 
uh, and they've just used what they've had because they've got good depth and that's what Arsenal have been lacking. And so when we move into these final, the final week of the window and we've been doing this show every single day bar weekends and we've been able to talk about no incomings whatsoever, uh, (laughs) which is crazy. What happens if we don't sign anyone, Bailey? What happens if no one comes in? And I mean, people will ask the question, should Edu still be in a job if we don't bring anyone in? Yeah, if no one comes in, forget about top four. Forget about top four already because that is just not going to happen. We won't be able to compete with Tottenham and United towards the end of the season. With Tottenham, they're no longer any in the Conference League either, so they can put full focus into the Premier League now. And United will most likely get knocked out of the Champions League, in my opinion. So they will also the final stretch will be top four for them as well. So we won't be able to compete with the current attacking crop we do have. And if Edu should lose his job, I don't know because I think the summer was a real... For me, it was a real change. It was a real success with Ramsdale, with the youngsters, the other youngsters that came in. So I'd give him next summer as well, just to see how he does then. But as you said, January, we came into this window knowing what we needed to say, knowing what we needed to do. I think we really, selling Maitland-Niles, I think for me, that was a big, okay, yes, we're going to bring in a replacement straight away. And that just hasn't Mm -hmm. happened. We've got a week left now. So why is it taking 24 days to to bring someone in? And why are we suddenly now pushing for players like Artur? Why wasn't this done on the 1st of January? I I know some deals, sometimes you have to wait until it gets towards the deadline day because it's not easy easy as, okay, I'll take you. You have to kind of wait. You have to play the waiting game sometimes. It's like a bit of a game of cat and mouse. But we saw by substitutions yesterday how desperately we do need a striker. I think for me as well, you did mention about bringing on youngsters as well. And... Bring on Enketia every time. When has that ever worked in the Premier League this season? I, I, has I, he scored I, in the Premier has League this season? The Premier no, League. So he hasn't. Works. Why do we keep using that as a solution? You have players like and Mike also he, he came on in the wide area. He's yeah. not. He's a no, poacher. No, no, why no, is he no. on the wing? <laughs> no, honestly, it, it, that really bugged me. And it was the only, like, what is that? What message does that give to players like Patino, who he can drive from the players like Mike Beeriff? What message does that send them? Oh wow. But Arsenal's at their most depleted time at the moment. I still can't get a game on the bench. Yeah. Use me. What? What? That sends a bad message, in my opinion. You mentioned about how Kaid Gordon for Liverpool started, seventeen years old, starting for the second. Yeah, starting for the second best Premier League team in the country at the moment. So why can't we risk and bring on Mike Beerif? He, he's shown in the Mika. in the academy games. <laughs> Mika, yeah. the Mike. Mika. Oh, Mika. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Mike Beerif. Mike Beerif. <laughs> listen, we're going to pull in Mike Beerif from that one last week. <laughs> no, but yeah. Um, yeah, I know what you mean, man. I, look, he's a six-foot-plus striker and he's on the bench. We're lobbing balls in the box and we got bringing on Eddie and Ketty that's not scored a single Premier League goal this season. Um, let's, uh, let's jump into the chat box. We've asked us some questions. Um, King says, Tom, will Isaac score us enough goals? I have not seen that side of him and at national level. I mean, last season, Alexander Isaac scored 17 goals in 34 games at the age of 21. This season, it's it's not gone as swimmingly. He has eight goals in the 25 appearances so far uh, for Real Sociedad. Um, he's also had to come off the bench the last couple of, the, couple of games. I'm, I need to get kind of the, the clarification of what's going on there. I think, it was um, as well. I, I think he did suffer with a brief injury and he came off the bench because he wasn't 100% sure whether or not he was going to be fit. So he came off uh, in the game against Celta Vigo after 39 minutes and then he came... Did he come off the bench again? No, he came on for Sorloff uh, for the last part of the game uh, against Hatafe in that nil-nil draw. So he's just returned from a, a very light injury and... He is someone that provides you with link-up play. He provides you with aerial threat with his height. He's already played with Martin Erdegaard, and they've got a really good, and they had a really good partnership when they played with one another. 
He's really good to play the ball into and to play off of. Uh, I mean, he's a poacher in the box when he needs to be. He's a good finisher. He can like take the ball, turn, sprint, and, yeah, and finish the chances off. He's really good with the ball at his feet. So I think that he fits a lot of the characteristics that we'd look for. He's still only 22. He's got lots of development still to have. And I think he's looked at as, as one of the best strikers on the continent coming up in that age bracket. He's not a Vlaovic and, you know, it's not to say that he's a huge step down from him. He's still a very, very solid striker. But Arsenal, unfortunately, are in a, in a situation where they've got to make a decision. And Vlaovic is not going to be coming in for, from like, from the looks of things. It's going to be very, very difficult to do that. Whereas I think that Izak is, is someone that will provide us with goals, will provide us with something different. It would suit actually the style of play that we're we're trying to implement the club. What do you think about Izak, uh, Bailey? Yeah, for me, that's always been my number one target. I said that I'd prefer Izak to Flyovich simply because I've seen more of Izak than I have of Flyovich. Yeah. I think Izak's done it longer at a senior, senior team level. Of course, he's done it for Sweden as well. He's had some excellent games for Sweden. I remember against Spain and against France. He was quality in that. And I'm thinking mm. this is... He's got the Thierry Henry aura about him. Not, of course, comparing him to the Kings or Dejas, but he's got the Thierry Henry aura about him and... He has real good potential and he's confident. So I, like, I like his confidence in his ability. The fact that he can dribble with the ball. So I don't think, I like tall strikers. I remember we had the issue with Giroud sometimes. Sometimes Giroud will get on our, get on our nerves because he's couldn't, he was good in the air, but he didn't have much else. Sometimes I do worry about that with Flaovic. We don't know what he, I know he's good with his left foot, oh. but I think Izak will be better on the ball. He can also change system with Flaovic. You have to play more of a particular system with Izak. He can be, he can be a bit versatile as well. So if you want to play him on the left inside forward, he can also do that. It doesn't just have to be a, a striker. But as you said, is that I feel like it'd be more of a less of a tricky deal to complete than Flyovich. He has a release clause. Will we need to pay that? Probably. But once again, if Flyovich doesn't come in, Isaac has been there. Of course, David Ornstein did say we are chasing Isaac. And I think that should be our that should be our goal. That should be our chase. Captain Wishwash says, uh, do you think Izak will take less time to adapt to this team because he's already played with yeah. I think that absolutely he will. Graham says, would you make a move for uh, Christopher Nkunku at RB Leipzig? He can play a wide position and as kind of a false nine more so than a striker. He has a very good goal and assist record this season in Preston, the Champions League against City. He was someone that we were linked to when he was yeah. at uh, PSG. Yeah, sure. uh, we never really got him in. Uh, but he's looked on to go on to do really well for, for Leipzig. I don't think you'll get him in, though, before the end of the window, and that's kind of the problem. Tulip says, would you take Depay on loan as there's question marks over his playing time? I don't think so. I don't think he's the one that we'd look to bring. I don't think that Barca would let him leave on loan. Maybe if it was a swap on loan for a Bamiang, maybe that's something that would happen. Um, Paul says, do Isaac and Odegaard have the same sort of chemistry that improves both of them? Yeah, look, the way in which they played together at El Sociedad was great. Like the quick interplay of moves, the setting of each other up. They understand each other's movement. And I think that's for Odegaard is someone that he can play the ball to and he knows where he's going to be. He knows the type of runs that he's going to make. And I don't think that Lacazette just has that same style about him that Isaac does. Uh, Ty Gunnosaurus says, Bailey spots on. Emil Smith-Rowe started when we were desperate in December against Chelsea. Start the kids. What are your thoughts? Yeah, as I said, I think you need to give him a chance. Mika Biref, of course, was on the bench. Oh, uh, Mike, Mike Mira. <laughs> <laughs> Saladin was on the bench. Charlie Bettina, Amari Hutchinson. Give them a go. What can you lose? You saw against Burnley, nothing was changing from the from the 45th minute to the 90th minute. There was no change. So take the risk. That's how youngsters make a name for themselves sometimes. They come on, they make that change and everything changes. You saw Rashford that time in the Europa League 2016 for Manchester United. He started that day with a risk, paid off. Now look at him now. You don't know how a young player's career can start off. And if someone came in against Burnley and scored, that could have been a start of something special once again. But yeah. 
Yeah, look, I've... I I hopefully will um, be sitting here on deadline day and talking about us having signed uh, a striker uh, and signed someone that I think can really, you know, take on the rest of the season and give us the goals that we need and bring the best out of the players around us. I'm just hoping that we can pull it off. We will, of course, update you guys with everything that does drop between now and the end of the window. Um, and we'll be continuing to bring you plenty of content that time. You'll be able to find all of our written work as well over at football.london. Bailey, thank you so much, mate, as always. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, in the comment section too. Absolutely. We will see you again very, very soon. Well, actually, we'll see you probably some point this afternoon for another show and tomorrow morning as well for the next one. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, make sure that if you are watching us, you're subscribed. We're nearly on our way to 8,000 subs. And, uh, and also drop a like on the video to show that you're appreciating the good content we're putting out every single day. We'll see you very, very soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.